This episode of Industry Focus is supported by Wonder Capital, an investing service that allows individuals to invest in solar projects across the United States. Earn up to 11% annually while diversifying your portfolio, curbing pollution, and combating global climate change. Create an account for free at wondercapital.com fool. Wonder Capital, do well and do good. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. It's Friday, October 14th, and we're talking about the fiery mess that is the Samsung Galaxy Note. I'm your host, Dylan Lewis, and I'm joined on Skype by Fool.com senior tech specialist, Evan New. Evan, how's it going? It's been, uh, it's been a fun little time to watch Samsung, considering I've been a longtime Samsung skeptic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, we're both kind of Apple guys. Uh, we're both iPhone guys. And so I think it's been comforting for us to know that the phones in our pocket are not going to spontaneously combust anytime soon, right? That's reassuring. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm not worried about my phone blowing up. <laughs> so on today's show, I think we're going to give a little rundown on what's been going on with Samsung and the Galaxy Note line over the past month plus. Uh, how that line fits into the company's smartphone segment and just generally the company's financials, and then which companies, if any, might benefit from some of the backlash and the recall of the Galaxy Note line. So, Evan, you want to get us up to speed, give us a little timeline on what's been going on? Yeah, sure, sure. So, Galaxy Note 7 launched in mid-August, and I think that was part of the deal, because Samsung was like really wanting to beat Apple to market on timing, because obviously everyone knows iPhones come out in September. So I think the company is really pushing towards you know the timeline of getting this thing out to market as quick as possible, just to try to beat Apple to the punch, which is kind of silly, because it's like a month difference. It's like, how much of a difference can that make? But apparently that was important to Samsung. And I think that's partially what's kind of led up to these problems, is that they cut corners or they try to do things too fast or just things obviously just weren't ready right and then as we know in kind of early mid-september we started to see reports of like samsung these note 7 specifically only just either exploding or catching on fire a lot of the time they were charging um and there's been in general like sometimes you hear stories about this happening but if you're using like a third-party charger that's not up to spec Sometimes that can be the culprit, but these were like the official chargers, like the regular Samsung chargers that you're supposed to be using. And, you know, Samsung does this huge recall, like 2.5 million units. They think they figured out that it's like the batteries that they sourced in-house from the Samsung SDI internal battery division. And then they, you know, did this recall. They leave all the other phones out there that have the different batteries from one of the third-party suppliers. And, you know, they start replacing the phones, and now all of a sudden... You know, within the past week or two, the replacement phones are now catching on fire. <laughs> so, like, everything is just a huge mess. And now they have officially made the call to just kill the product altogether, which is a tough call to make, but you have to do it when it's gotten this bad. Like, it's crazy because, you know, it, I think in modern smartphone times, like, people kind of take this stuff for granted. Like, before this one, you hadn't heard about, like, an exploding phone or phone catching on fire meaningfully in like years at least like in this scale you know outside of like a couple isolated instances of like you know kind of like the third party charger thing i was talking about but you know you don't see this like wide scale type of thing happening it's been years and you know i think most consumers have probably thought like you know companies have figured this out but apparently they haven't <laughs> which is kind of crazy yeah still running into some issues on the tech side um this is I think just brutally bad timing, given 
the company is basically coming off of its best earnings report in like a couple of years. It seemed like they had a ton of momentum, um, a decent amount of growth in the smartphone space. And earlier this week, the company, when they decided to go with the full recall, also issued an update to guidance. Uh, so we don't even really have to speculate as to what the financial hit might look like. We can just look at exactly what the company said here. They are now expecting third quarter operating profits to come in at 5.2 trillion South Korean won, which is roughly 4.6 billion dollars, down from the original forecast of 7.8 trillion won. So decent amount of rollback there. Third quarter revenue has been also revised down. It's now expected to be about 47 trillion won from the previous guidance of 49 trillion won. I think what's even more disconcerting about this whole thing is that like Samsung still doesn't even know what's wrong with the phones. Like they cannot figure it out. Like they've been trying, you know, as recently as last week or so, there's a New York Times report that, you know, their engineers are still trying to replicate the problem and they can't. <laughs> so that's probably the most, you know, like you, it doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. It's one thing if they do this recall, they get these phones back and they figure it out and then presumably they can fix it, right? But if they don't even know it's wrong, like that's a huge question mark. And it really calls into question all these other things about their future phones. I mean, like, I don't think none of the other phones have had this type of problem. But as far as going forward, it, it just, unless they can figure this out and really kind of definitively say, oh, this is what caused it, and we have a solution. And, and I mean, it's kind of like totally unrelated, but also kind of hilarious. But they also had they also have washing machines that are now blowing up. <laughs> like, I don't know if you saw that. But like uh, a couple weeks ago, there's some reports about some of their. Because you know, obviously Samsung makes like everything, right? Um, and they have these top load closed washing machines, and those are now exploding. <laughs> and I mean, clearly it's a totally different thing because those don't use lithium ion batteries like the phones do. But it's kind of like, what is going on over there? <laughs> like, and, and, it's a washing and to, machine. <laughs> to layer on top of that, I think there are another couple of reasons why this is a little bit different than your average product recall, or even something that's like food safety related issues, like uh, what we've seen with uh, Chipotle, or you know, back with Jack in the Box in the '90s. Um, you know, you talked about how they haven't been able to diagnose the problem, which doesn't inspire a lot of confidence for the other products that they have out there. I think one of the other issues is there's a lot of confusion in the Galaxy line. You know, you look out at Samsung's product offering. Frankly, it's really hard to keep all their phones straight. You know, they they intentionally moved the note to be on the 7 naming convention to kind of keep it consistent with the other offerings. Now I think you're seeing people that aren't 100% sure which products are safe and which products yeah. aren't safe. It's and just ironic, yeah. You know, there I saw news that they had to push notifications to people, I forget which product that, uh, but it was one of their newer, like, kind of high-priced phones. That it was the S7, just was, the, the regular S7. Right, right. Uh, that those were not part of the recall, and that the people who held those in their phones as they were reading that notification didn't need to worry about that. Um, that's fine, but when you have a super fragmented offering and a lot of the headlines are just Galaxy Seven, you know, type things, and they're trying to just distill it down to something like that. Yeah, and like for people that average consumers that are, that don't follow this stuff as closely as like we do. You know, they just see some headline about Galaxy something, 7 something, and there's like, there's the Galaxy S7, there's a Galaxy S7 Edge, the Galaxy Note 7. <laughs> you know, there's so many, and like, they're all part of the Galaxy brand that Samsung has put so much money into building. I mean, they put tens of millions of dollars into building this brand over the past five or ten years. And now this one horribly botched product risks really just killing all that brand value. And I mean, it's not uncommon for Samsung to spend more money on marketing, advertising, kickbacks, commissions to retailers, and all that stuff, that does an R and D. 
So I mean, it puts a ton of money into this stuff, and now this because they're kind of unified, like it's they're all getting kind of dragged down, and they're really trying to like really contain this thing and be like, like yeah, like you said, like notification be like, hey, hey, your phone's safe, <laughs> which <laughs> is know, tough. It, like it sounds the- exactly <laughs> like the phone that's not safe, but yeah. You're- don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the other things that makes this tougher and kind of returning back from this a little tougher is the product life cycle of smartphones. So you look at a place like Chipotle, Fast Casual, they're able to give away a ton of free product via coupons, Chiptopia, that kind of stuff, and get people back in restaurants relatively quickly just because meals are a routine purchase for people. Smartphones are not. You know, you're buying a phone every two years. And once you get someone in an ecosystem, the likelihood of them staying there is a lot higher. And so I worry that you know there's going to be this kind of class of people coming onto smartphones, or maybe people that recently decided to make the switch over to the Galaxy line or the Galaxy Note line specifically, that um, are kind of second guessing it. Might go with another Android device. Might decide to go over to something on the iOS side. Yeah, and that's exactly you know the the thing that they need to figure out because like Samsung is really good at hardware right Samsung has always tried like you know they they've tried so hard over the past like 10 years to get better at software but of course you know they have to get android from google and you know but then you know they do their whole modifications and tweaks and all this you know stuff they put on top of it to try to differentiate but the the point remains that Samsung's not actually really good at that stuff like their software is not very good so they're they're really good at hardware, so you know if all of a sudden their hardware is really bad or having all its problems, there's really not a good reason to buy a Samsung phone. I mean, like historically, their their hardware has been incredibly well made, but like now, you know, there's there's just no reason. Like if if their one strength is now being called into question, then people are going to go elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and even if you want to stay with an Android, there's tons of really good Android phones out there. Yeah, and I think to help adjust for this a little bit, Samsung, I think it's they're offering customers about $75 to trade mm-hmm. in their devices for other Samsung models. And so right. you might see them, you know, that that's a good retention effort. They might save some lost customers along the way. But I think it wouldn't be surprising to see some flight from the brand. Um, one of the other reasons that I think that this is kind of troubling is just the timing in the calendar year. You know, this is ahead of the holiday season, and it's the biggest time of the year for consumer electronics to have to wipe out an entire product line ahead of the quarter where you're probably going to be doing like 40% of your business at least. And one of their like most expensive, most profitable products. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's just rough. It's really hard to deal with that as a business. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is like the time, like, you know, holiday shopping season. It's like everyone makes all their money here. And now Samsung has to pull one of their like flagship, you know, and, and you know, the Note 7 has been a, differentiator compared to the, the iPhone for a long time just because you know it comes to the stylus it's bigger and you know it was, was kind of like the poster boy for for phablets you mm-hmm. know and and Samsung has established itself as like the phablet leader and you know and Apple now has the 7 plus which isn't as big as the note 7 and doesn't have a stylus but other than that it's pretty comparable at least in terms of just giant phones go yeah so I started briefly introducing what the company was expecting for a revenue write-down and revised guidance. It looks like analysts were expecting the company to ship about 15 to 19 million units from Q3 2016 through Q1 2017. Um, 
to put it in context, Samsung shipped between like 75 million and 78 million smartphones last quarter. So while this is a big deal, um, it's a fancy new line that they were really trying to get some momentum behind. In the grander scheme of their product mix, it's actually maybe about 10% or so. I, I don't think it's as big as people realize, or I don't think well, it's uh, as big a deal as people realize. Well, I think that the big difference is that like a lot of Samsung's volume comes from these low-end, cheaper smartphones and to places like India. You know, I mean, they sell phones that are $50 to $100, and they're not making a lot of money on that, but they, they, ship, they ship a lot of units, which helps them keep their rank in the smartphone market. You know, like you mentioned, it's a lot more than Apple, like 75 million a quarter on like a non-holiday quarter. That's a, that's a ton of phones, but you know, a lot of that is like kind of low margin, low value units versus you know these these Note sevens and these anything that's like these high end phones. Like that's where these companies make their margins. So I think you know it has a, a leverage effect on in terms of like it, it seems smaller in terms of units, but it'll have a pretty big impact on uh, operating profits. I mean, generally speaking, mobile is about half of Samsung's business in terms of both revenue and operating profit, roughly, before this whole thing. <laughs> uh, and, I mean, mobile includes you know, a bunch of things like tablets and these other low-end phones. But this, the mobile segment itself is incredibly important to them. And within the mobile, if you look at the margin profile within their mobile business, like, yeah, these high-end phones are, are quite important in terms of profitability because those low-end phones, I mean, yeah, they, they get a lot of volume, but... Considering Samsung is largely a hardware player, you know if they if they sell some low end phone someone, it's not like they're capturing that customer on their platform like Google or Apple would be. Like they're you know they're just they're just trying to sell the phone. So I, I think it it you know it won't have a huge impact in total volumes, but I think it's but I think again kind of coming back to the brand thing, you know, it's like it's just so damaging for the brand, and and that's something it's really hard to to put a, a, a number on right now in terms of, you know, you know brand valuation or what have you. Cause that's, I, I think that's the bigger thing here is like, yeah, I mean, missing out on one product cycle is one thing if it's contained within this product cycle, but if there's lasting damage to the brand, they could, they could, they could be hurting for a long time. And I think that's why you've seen market reaction to this actually not be so bad is short term. If we're to take the company at the guidance that they're giving and we look at, the product mix and they're able to hold the volumes on those other brands, the drop that we've seen kind of makes sense. You know, I think if you look back to when this story originally broke, the company's down about four or five percent, which really isn't all that crazy given um, it's one of their most consumer facing and high profile lines. Um, they do have so many other offerings in the smartphone market, and if those hold, there shouldn't be too much of an issue there. One of the things that people might not realize about Samsung is they're a little bit more diversified than your Apple in terms of the different hardware um, arenas that they play in. So, you know, to give you an idea of their revenue mix, consumer electronics is about 22% of revenue. That does not include smartphones. Um, IT and mobile communications, as you said before, a little over 50% of revenue. And device solutions, which is the semiconductor and display panel business, uh, 36% of revenue. And, um, the IT and mobile is the highest margin business that they're in, and having a high-profile phone, a high ASP phone, average selling price, um, being removed might might lead to some margin compression there. But if they're able to hold on the other brands, um, I think this kind of muted reaction from the market kind of makes sense. 
Yeah, I guess we'll just have to see how if they can really successfully pull off this kind of crisis management. You know, I mean, just to really, I mean, I think it's definitely a good thing to kill this phone. Cause it's, especially when you don't know what's going on. Like, you just have to, you have to bite the bullet. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, in the second half of the show, we're going to hit briefly on a couple companies that might be poised to benefit as Samsung goes into crisis mode. But before we do, what if I were to tell you that you can help combat global climate change and make money at the same time? You might be interested in that, right? Wonder Capital is an award-winning online investment platform that allows you to invest in solar energy projects around the U.S. Wonder's platform allows you to earn up to 11% annually while diversifying your portfolio, curbing pollution, and combating global climate change. Your investment in Wonder's fully managed solar investment funds goes directly to helping U.S. small and medium-sized businesses install solar panels. As those businesses repay their loans to Wonder, you receive monthly payments directly deposited into your bank account. Individuals who have previously invested with Wonder Capital have supported the installation and long-term financing for a high-end storage facility in Florida, a government office building in Minnesota, and many other projects across the country. Best of all, Wonder Capital doesn't take any fees or for investing your money. Create an account for free at wondercapital.com fool. That's Wonder with a U. Wonder Capital. Do well and do good. So, Evan, we talked about how the premium side of the smartphone market could see some shakeup. Um, you know, we might see some consumers that were interested in the Galaxy line, maybe were Galaxy Note owners, taking this opportunity to either try an iOS device, maybe try another Android device. Do you think that there are any big beneficiaries with this? I think there are definitely some winners and losers, right? I mean, I think if we start with the loser list, I think it's a little bit shorter. <laughs> um, just because Samsung is mostly self-contained in terms of its suppliers. I mean, Samsung is so vertically integrated that it makes most of the components that go into its phones. I mean, it still has some third-party suppliers, but you know, as far as supplier relationships go that might suffer from you know reduced unit volumes, it's mostly going to be within Samsung itself, but... The, but Qualcomm probably loses a little bit just because the the Snapdragon 820 is inside the U.S. variants. And can uh, you Samsung can you explain has, what the Snapdragon does? A Snapdragon is the main applications processor that has integrated modem and all these things. It's one of the most important pieces inside of any phone, the processor. And Samsung, what they do is they they have all these different variants for different geographies. And Samsung has been sh trying to shift to its own in-house Exynos processors. Uh, I think last year they were exclusively Exynos with no Snapdragon, but this year Snap Qualcomm has kind of gotten back into the mix. They improved their their chips a little bit and got kind of more competitive. And so there there's different variants for different geographies, and Qualcomm is in the U.S. variants. Um, so they'll, they'll lose a little bit if they don't, you know, since they'll obviously not be selling into this phone anymore. But it's kind of a hedge because Qualcomm does sell a lot into Apple. So if if people buy uh, iPhone instead of the Note 7, Qualcomm still, it's, it's probably incrementally negative to Qualcomm, but they're not totally out of the picture, you know. Right, um, it, might be, as, it might be a little pinch, but nothing crazy. Right, I mean, there is a little bit of a hedge, you know, they, it's like it's like a silver lining that, you know, they still, and of course, like, it depends on which iPhone you get, because now Qualcomm has lost a little bit of spot in the iPhone, because Qualcomm used to be the exclusive modem supplier, and for the first time ever, Apple has gone to Intel, well, first time not including Infineon, like 10 years ago. But um, yeah, so now this year, Apple is now buying modems from Qualcomm and Intel. So depending on which phone you get. 
Um, as far as just pure winners, I would say certainly Apple. <laughs> yeah, um, I think they're up uh, about ten percent since some of the product issues around the Note Seven surface. So yeah, I mean, the market they've, certainly they've seems to think that they're the going to be. Yeah, so there was already iPhone Seven optimism, and now the shares just keep going higher, and they're at like twenty sixteen highs just because of all this stuff that's going on with Samsung. Because I mean, I think it's it's pretty clear that a lot of people are probably going to try. And I mean, like we've already been seeing. Android switcher rates continue to rise every quarter. Apple touts this every quarter. They're like every quarter they're like highest Android switcher rates ever. And you know, I think that trend's going to continue particularly with one of the biggest Android OEMs kind of hitting into this this wall here. Uh, as mentioned Intel is now in the iPhone some of them. So Intel to the extent that you know the people are buying the phones with their modem, they benefit. Uh, Taiwan Semiconductor, I think, is a big winner here, too. And they actually just released earnings that were pretty strong because Taiwan Semiconductor is producing Apple's A10 Fusion chip. And another change this year is that in prior years, Apple had been dual sourcing its chip manufacturing from both Samsung and Taiwan Semiconductor, uh, which started you know one or two years ago. They only brought on Taiwan Semiconductor one or two years ago. But now, supposedly, I mean, from all the indications that we're getting, it's exclusively TSMC, which is a huge win for them and a huge blow to Samsung in terms of the foundry business on the chip manufacturing side. And so that's a lot more chips that Taiwan Semi is going to be making for Apple. And they just released earnings and it was pretty strong, came in above expectations. I don't remember the exact numbers. But the important thing is they, they raised fourth quarter guidance, uh, Taiwan Semi did. And that raised guidance did not factor in the possibility of these other phones being discontinued. So they were already super bullish even before factoring in the, the Note 7's discontinuation into their forecast. So I think they're going to really bank this holiday quarter if Apple sells a ton of phones because like, that's just a ton of orders going to TSMC to make these A10 Fusion chips. So I think I think they're probably a pretty big winner here. Yeah, I think a lot of people tend to read into the commentary that we get from component manufacturers that go into the iPhone as a general baseline for how that segment might be doing when Apple reports again. So, um, if you're seeing a guidance up uh, from Taiwan Semiconductor, that probably bodes well for the iPhone business, right? Yeah, and even before the Samsung, like they, that's what I thought blew, blew me away is that like their guidance was so strong, and it, and they literally said this does not include the, any impact if the Note Seven is discontinued, <laughs> which huh. it has been. So. You know, like it's it, it just looks really good for them. As far as like third-party carriers or retailers are concerned, I think they're probably pretty ambivalent because, I mean, they're just trying to do their best to help the customers not be in danger. Right. <laughs> uh, and I mean, their brands aren't going to be really affected, and I mean, they're not going to be bearing a lot of costs because Samsung is going to be paying for all this stuff. So most of the, the retailers and the carriers are probably just they just want to like do what's right for the customer, get these things off the market. And you know, I don't think there's going to be any damage to them. I wouldn't think. I've seen Google thrown around in the list of potential winners as well, and the idea is kind of similar with Apple, where they released the Pixel phone somewhat recently, and you know, having a major potential competitor off the table just bodes well for people giving that a shot. Um, that's not going to be something that meaningfully contributes to the numbers for Google, but um, and and I think when you're talking about Apple and Google here. Seeing Samsung falter and knowing that there might be a slightly larger bite of the smartphone market available to them isn't something that's thesis altering. 
Um, it's certainly interesting for some of the component manufacturers that are specifically in some of these devices and not others. But um, big picture, if you like Apple and Google already, stick with them. But don't 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 buy solely on the idea that they might pick up some incremental business here. Yeah, I think the Pixel. I mean, the Pixel looks like a pretty good phone. I mean, and it's you know, of course, Google's first phone that they've like designed the whole thing. Um, I mean, they're outsourcing manufacturing naturally to HTC, but as far as the design of the phone itself, this is the first time that they're really doing the whole thing. And like, it looks like a really good phone. And yeah, I think definitely people that are kind of not getting the Note Seven might consider the Pixel because it's you know a pure Google phone, stock Android without all this third-party software and all the stuff on it. But I think the biggest challenge there in terms of actually getting people to switch from like a Note 7 to a Pixel XL or whatever the large one is, it's really just about distribution because Google doesn't have distribution channels in the way that any other company, most companies in this space do. I mean, they're, they're, they're partnering with Verizon, right? Mm -hmm. Which is the only carrier partner. And other than that, they're selling it online through their online store. But it's it's might surprise you how many people just when they need a new phone they go to the carrier store, they just go to the retail store. It and becomes kind of a phone. default decision, right? Yeah, because and it makes some sense because that's where they have the most selection. They can deal with all their plan stuff. I mean, a lot of people. I mean, I personally tend to buy things online, and I think a lot of people do. But I think the majority of the market. I mean, carrier distribution is an incredibly important channel for any phone maker, and I mean. I mean, like people that already know a phone they want will just go buy online. But a lot of people don't know, and they still like to shop around, like any other product in their lives. Versus, like you know, people like you and me are probably like so loyal that we don't. It's not even a decision. It's just when can I get my iPhone? But a lot <laughs> right. of people, you know, they just they, they they just their phone breaks or it's time for an upgrade. They just go to the carrier store and then they pick one. So, and for the other carriers other than Verizon. Pixel's not going to be there because you know Google is distributing it themselves, and Google probably doesn't. It's, it's harder for Google to get these carrier relationships going because you know the carriers want more control. But you know it's like it, it, it's harder for Google to negotiate because they've never been a big player in the physical smartphone space. So I think the biggest thing that's going to hold them back is just that lack of distribution, really. So it sounds like the rundown for investors here is. Apple, Google, possible beneficiaries, the people that write might really see some um, some important swings in what goes on with their numbers. Uh, some of the component manufacturers, like you talked about, Taiwan Semiconductor. My feeling is for Samsung's business, if they're able to keep the bad PR and the negative brand association contained to the note line, then this won't be something that's really awful for them long term. If it does start to bleed into the other products that they offer, the S7, things like that, um, it could be it could spell trouble for their mobile segment for a long time. Yeah, and the main thing is just figure out what the hell is going on with these things. <laughs> like, like I don't, you know, because clearly if they launch a phone next year and it has the same thing, that would be that would be thesis altering, like right. two in a row. <laughs> and if they can't figure it out, it's yeah. not unreasonable to think that there might be another one. Yeah, I think a lot of consumers want it, want them to know exactly what's going on and tell the public, and then we might see a nice rally in Samsung uh, Samsung sales. Like they can't replicate this thing in their labs, which is just it's just crazy. <laughs> well, uh, anything else before I let you go, Evan? No, I think we I think we hit it, hit it all. Awesome. 
Well, listeners, that does it for this episode of Industry Focus. If you have any questions or you just want to reach out and say hey, you can shoot us an email at industryfocus at fool.com. You can always tweet us at MF Industry Focus. If you're looking for more of our stuff, you can subscribe on iTunes or check out the Fool's family of shows at fool.com slash podcasts. As always, people on the program may own companies discussed on the show, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against stocks mentioned. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. For Evan New, I'm Dylan Lewis. Thanks for listening, and Fool on!